Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now, you can make those moments year-round with a Michael Phelps swim spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now, Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Just into our newsroom, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. In the night. That was... Another Apparently that was another plane. Seems to An airplane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Lost. There appears to be a gaping hole. Gone away. Oh, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. But I know the whole side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed. Not by the light Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center We're not going to be cowered by it that we're not afraid Faithful friend The freedom-loving nations of the world stand by our side Shimmering stars Proud to have the red, white, and blue. This country will not relent. Show the way. Proud to be a part of this country. Jeremy. I think about the families, the children. To the place. Freedom itself was attacked, and freedom will be defended. She is still. I can hear We will not forget the 2,800 people 
fire. Not only were heroes at the beginning, but they're still heroes. We're going to come out of this emotionally stronger. And the commitment of our fathers is now the calling of our time. I don't think anybody should forget the visuals of that day. Those guys did more than anyone ever expected of them. They messed with the wrong city. They messed with the wrong state. And I just don't want people to forget. They all had a sense of duty to protect us all. We'll be steadfast in our determination. The rest of the country now understand who the true defenders are. May the Irish hills caress you. May her lakes and rivers bless you. May the luck of the Irish enfold you. May the blessings of St. Patrick behold you. God bless Ireland, and God bless the United States of America. Now America is embracing a new ethic and a new creed. Let's roll. The phrase New York's finest and New York's bravest means something now, doesn't it? This is a time to reflect and be thankful for where we are today. We will rebuild New York City. Yet after America was attacked, it was as if our entire country looked into a mirror and saw our better selves. All right, glad you are with us. Michael W. Smith, there she stands. Sunday, 15 years since this country came under attack. The worst attack on American soil. There's a new creed, a new ethic. Former President Bush said, let's roll. Not anymore. Not anymore. I have a very, very sober sense of where this country is right now. And um, people ask me wherever I go, what's going to happen in November? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I wish I could tell you. I wish if I did, I'd be really rich. Take every penny I had and I'd go bet where I knew it was going. Elections have ebbs and flows to them. Right now, I think things have moved very solidly in Donald Trump's direction, but By every measure, it's a tight race, dead even. I don't know what's going to happen in the debates. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 60 days. It's an eternity in politics, but it's going to go by very quickly, as this whole year has gone by quickly. Here's what I do know. And I know I said I really wasn't going to talk a whole lot more about the never-Trump, arrogant, ignorant, myopic, movement but it kind of plays into this a little and i've got to just say what needs to be said this is as big a choice election as you may ever see in your life think of it through the prism of what 9-11 what happened on that day i remember that day like it was yesterday i remember it was you know i'll never celebrate my anniversary on radio for syndication which is 15 years september 10th that's saturday that's tomorrow I have, there's no, I, it's meaningless to me in, in one sense. After what happens the next day. It was an amazing day, September 11th. 
evil in our midst. As Michael W. Song says, you know, when evil calls itself a martyr, where are we today? What is a pre-9-11 mindset? The 9-11 Commission report said that they were at war with us. We were not at war with them. And it was talking about the, the embassy bombings in Kenya and Tanzania, the first trade center bombing, the USS Cole culminating with 9-11-2001, and it changed all of our lives dramatically. There are 3,000-plus families and friends of the families, and it just goes on and on. It's probably everybody knows somebody in some capacity that was touched by 9-11. I was a high school baseball player. I was a pitcher and the catcher. His name was Farrell Lynch. He and his brother, Sean, they both died. They worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. I haven't seen his wife in a long time, but I know his wife had five daughters. Those girls never saw their father the last 15 years, and that's only one example of thousands. We didn't pay attention then, and now we're in the midst of an election where we have a presidential candidate that has this mysterious reluctance and resistance to say radical Islam that was part of a deal that gave the single the largest terroristic state, the Republic of Iran, the mullahs in Iran that chant death to America, that chant death to Israel, that burn our flag in the middle of negotiations. <laughs> if I didn't want to laugh, I'll cry. Burning the Israeli flag, this person running for president that you might vote for negotiated to give the mullahs in Iran, the number one state sponsor of terror, the right to continue spinning their centrifuges so we can now marry together radical Islam with nuclear technology. And half the country is so stupid that they would vote for her. This is madness. Don't come to me after... Election Day, November 8th, if Hillary Clinton wins, I don't want to hear a word out of any of you. This is a choice election. She can't say radical Islam. She's been on the wrong. They destroyed. She votes to send brave men and women into Iraq and Afghanistan. And two nights ago says, oops, I made a mistake. Pulls out early for political reasons and creates a vacuum in Iraq and Syria for the immersion, uh, for the for the literal origination or creation of ISIS with the financial backing of oil to wreak havoc around the world. You want to vote for her? A woman who lies repeatedly directly to you. Libya denied 600 separate requests for security as the Brits and the Red Cross are pulling out of Libya because it's too dangerous. 600 separate requests denied for security before the attack. Then this brilliant genius that half of you are going to vote for, probably not this audience. She's debating whether or not we need their permission to save American lives while they're watching in real time a terror attack. And then she's telling our brave men and women in uniform that are going to rescue our brave men and women under fire. That will get in your uniform. No, get out of your uniform. Get in your uniform. Get out. Four times they have them change clothes and they still never sent them. 
during the the real-time terror attack that they were watching. I know, they're not terror attacks. They're man-caused disasters. They're overseas contingencies. They're, you know, they're always threading a needle. Always threading a needle. It's unbelievable to me. So this election is about huge choices. And I see an America right now that has gone back to a pre-9-11 mindset. And I see what happened in San Bernardino, in Chattanooga, in Orlando. It's all coming back here. It's happened in Belgium. It's happened in Sweden. It's happened in France. It's happened in Great Britain. But if you build a wall, which, by the way, she once supported building a wall. The Sunday after 9-11, she told Sam Donaldson she supported profiling Muslims. She flips and flops and flails all over the place. She sold out her office enough. She takes money from the corrupt Saudis that don't allow women to drive a car. Women can't vote up until this year. Women are told how to dress. Women are told whether they can leave the country. Women can't even leave their own freaking house without a man's permission. And then if you're gay and lesbian, oh, Hannity's a conservative. He's against gay marriage. Okay. But Hannity's speaking out against the Saudis that kill gays and lesbians. It's none of my damn business what you do. None of my business at all. Hillary takes money from them. They persecute Christians. They persecute Jews. So for all of you, and I'm tying this into you anti-Trumpers, in other words, you Wall Street Journal types, you NRO types, I'm tying it into the Glenn Beck types and everybody else that's sabotaging Trump and creating a scenario where so much doubt has been sowed in the minds of Republicans that he only has about 75% of Republican support. Now, he's doing much better than Mitt Romney ever did among blacks and Latinos. Got a 24%, you know, like, somewhat like from black Americans, 35% Hispanics. Those numbers would put him over the top if he had 90% of Republicans. But you know what, you arrogant, ignorant people? You are going to own Hillary. You are going to own her mysterious reluctance, resistance, not to say radical Islam. You are going to own her Supreme Court justices, which are radically leftist, that will even cite foreign constitutions to justify their ridiculous, unconstitutional actions of legislating from the bench. You're going to own that. You're going to own her unvetted refugees if they kill or rape Americans. You're going to own American jobs that are lost because we don't build a wall because she wants to build a bridge along our southern border. You'll own any weapon that comes across that border because we don't have the wall that Trump would build. You're going to own Obamacare, which literally is destroying single-handedly the health care system in this country. You are going to own all of it. You'll loan her NEA, top-down, common core, failing educational model because Trump would send it back to the states. By the way, Jonah, are you listening? It's another one of my puppy little tirades. You own her. You sabotage. You don't see the choices that are so distinct, so clear, so obvious. With her, she's wrong 100% of the time. She can't say radical Islam. That is a disqualifier. She will put more Ruth Bader Ginsburg's and Sonia Sotomayor's on the Supreme Court than you will ever imagine. It will impact this country for generations. But you're standing, Glenn Beck, high and mighty on principles that you claim everybody else has sold out. No, I actually love Trump's 
list of Supreme Court nominees. I love the idea of a wall. I love the idea of extreme vetting of refugees. I love education going back to the states. I love the idea of more drilling, more coal mining, nuclear power uh, and fracking versus Hillary wanting to fire coal miners and put coal companies out of business. I love the idea of replacing Obamacare. What is it about all of you that you can't see how bad and corrupt and dishonest there's nobody that has been this dishonest that lies with this regularity that has sold her soul in her office, taken money from the Saudis and every every bit of money she can get from anybody for the foundation. And all you want to talk about is Trump style. I've had it with all of you. And let me tell you, come November 9th, if she's your president, Beck, you own it. Jonah, you own it. NRO, you own it. Wall Street Journal, you own it. Mitt Romney and all your little friends, Stuart Stevens and company, you own it. Bill Crystal, you own it. George Will, you own it. You break it, you buy it. You're breaking it, you're buying it. That's the name of the game. I want a president that can recognize radical Islam. I feel it in my bones, and I pray to God I'm wrong. We're going to get hit again and again and again, how many people have to die before you people wake up? Hannah, that's really dramatic. Really? I was here on 9-11. It's, it's amazing the, uh, the, poor, the poor treatment little Matt Lauer is getting. Matt Lauer, of all people. Well, does that disqual- disqualifies a lot of people. Do you realize if you did what Hillary did, there, there are people in the military. We told you the story about this guy took a picture of an inside of a submarine. He's, he's going to spend two years of his life in jail for crying out loud. One incident. So anyway, Democrats, you know that Trump did well in the debate because they're livid with Matt Lauer. That's a pretty good indication. I'll tell you another indication that Hillary had a bad night. And you may think I'm nuts. And if you do, that's fine. So simultaneously you have chelsea clinton in response to the republican nominee's assertion that hillary doesn't have a presidential look she said that's sad that's misogynistic sexist rhetoric that i hope we'd move beyond in the 21st century she said and then you've got bill clinton saying well we know what it means in the south when you say we're going to make america great again it's like going back to the good old days I'm actually old enough to remember the good old days, and they weren't all that good in many ways. That message, where I'll give you America great again, is if you're a white southerner, you know exactly what it means, don't you? What it means is, I'll give you an economy you had 50 years ago, and I'll move you back up on the social totem pole and other people down. What Hillary wants to do is take the totem pole down and let us all go forward together. Oh, well, then if that's his interpretation, when you say, well, we all know here in the South, that's code for, you know, good old days. Well, let's go to back to what he said when he's running for president. I believe that together we can make America great again to secure a better future for your children and your grandchildren and to make America great again. I want to attack these problems and make America great again. It's time for another comeback. Time to make America great again. Yeah, you know that they're in trouble. And it's all related, too, to the email revelations we're getting every day, too. And you got Media Matters founder David Brock, one of her highest 
high-profile supporters. By the way, they all they do all day long, Media Matters and John Podesta's Think Progress, is attack me and conservatives. So they get paid to do. I'd like to know where they get their money from. We can do that another day. Anyway, he's upset that um, Chris Wallace is going to be one of the debate moderators. Now, I've watched Chris Wallace's show a lot. I've never seen Chris Wallace be a conservative. And I think he's pretty much an equal opportunity questioner. Anyway, expressed concern over Chris Wallace's explicit pronouncement that he doesn't intend to press the candidates to be truthful during the debate he moderates. He said, quote, I'm disappointed that an organization that prides itself on being nonpartisan would make such a selection. Who cares what David Brock thinks? Maybe after what happened the other night and Hillary not looking so good, maybe they're really upset about it. By the way, Bill Clinton mocking the cold people in West Virginia and Kentucky for supporting Trump. Oh, how her opponents done real well down in West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky because the cold people don't like any of us anymore. They all voted for me. I won twice and they did well. And they blame the president when the sun doesn't come up in the morning now. Well, maybe it has something to do with Hillary wanting to put coal miners out of work and coal companies out of business, Bill. I'm the only candidate which has a policy about how to bring economic opportunity using clean, renewable energy as the key into coal country. Because we're going to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Coal miners, coal companies out of business. Well, if I'm a coal miner, I ain't voting for her. I'd rather keep bread on my table. Yeah, kind of a funny story. You got a group of federal inmates filing a lawsuit claiming they were unfairly punished when they were forced to watch Hillary Clinton's convention speech. I'm not making this up either. Washington Times federal convicts told the judge they were forced to watch Hillary's convention speech at the federal prison where they're being held and said the prison imposed a blackout on Donald Trump's speech, turning the facility's television to other channels. That's pretty funny to me. I do think we're pretty stupid with criminals. We allow them weight room so they can bulk up and get strong and practice fighting and beat up the guards. How intelligent is that? It's so dumb. We're so dumb. Make these things country clubs. Unbelievable. Now, we must have struck a nerve here. There was, remember a couple of weeks ago, you got this pipsqueak on CNN, unreliable liberal, I quote Media Matters, David Brock sources, Brian Stelter. Remember that guy? Nobody watches his show. I've given him more publicity than he deserves, but let's go back there. And he said, Sean Hannity is a conspiracy theorist. He's bringing on doctors. Talk about Hillary's health. Well, Brian, are you going to report that she told the FBI she couldn't remember being briefed because she had a concussion that was that severe? Well, what else doesn't she remember? I don't know if I believe that either. So she either lied or she's got significant cognitive issues. Anyway, there was uh, concerns about Hillary's health or serious enough that they could be disqualifying. I'd like to see her present an MRI and let the country's best media... Uh, Best radiologist look at it. Anyway, the presidents of the United States, nearly 71% of physicians responding to an informal Internet survey by the Association of American Physicians and, and Surgeons say that Hillary's health concerns are serious and could be disqualifying for the position of the presidency. I wonder if pipsqueak, unreliable, liberal media sources, media matters, Fed programming, 
stenographer of Jeff Zucker, Brian Stelter, is going to talk about that this weekend. Maybe you should apologize to me. Linda, should I hold my breath? You know, I will give the, the woman, Rosie, over at BuzzFeed a, a shout-out today. I actually said to her, I said, this is a hit piece. I can tell by your questions it's a hit piece. Now, I have no clue who she was talking about. You were at that CPAC when I interviewed Jeb Bush. You were there. And remember, I gave my speech before Jeb Bush. Okay. Somebody told her that I was freaking out. Now, I got a standing ovation for my speech. I was out there with Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, Marco, maybe Rand. I don't remember. And then I was going to do Jeb Bush. But I was doing Jeb Bush after I gave my speech. And I got a I got a really nice reaction from the crowd, a standing ovation. I was very happy. All right. Jeb Bush comes in. I said, I got to talk to you. I went through a list of all the names of candidates. When I got to your name, they booed you really badly. So you might want to be aware of what you're stepping into. I would have done that for any candidate. It wasn't just for Jeb Bush. I would have told any candidate that. Because I think it's fair. He wasn't there. He didn't know. They said Hannity was freaking out and afraid. I'm like, I don't. Why would I freak out and be afraid of anything? I do this every day. And they had this other thing. Did you say to Donald Trump you want to be his, what, what position? Chief of staff. I'm like, I'm under contract? <laughs> no, never. Not once. No interest. Do you advise? I said, I talked to all of the candidates when they were running. All of them. That's my job. Good grief. But she was fair. She put my quotes in, and I give her credit for putting my responses in, unlike... You know, that idiot Jim Rutenberg of the New York. Why did I waste time talking to him? Eric Wimple is a radical leftist. But I talked to him and he was actually decent. He can't help himself in his column. He just loses it. He can't. Anyway, that's the state of the media. Why does everyone in the media want to talk to me? I'm not running for office. Why don't you go try and ask Hillary Clinton some real questions? She gave, what, 16-minute presser the other day asked six questions and no one asks about her lying how about this question for hillary will somebody ask her you're a champion of women's rights gay rights lesbian rights freedom of religion but you take money from the saudis the uae kuwait oman and all these other countries that treat women kill gays and lesbians but treat women horribly in many cases kill gays and lesbians they suppress any freedom of religion persecute christians and jews why don't you ask her why you take money from those countries how can you be a champion of women's rights and take money from those countries? Isn't that hypocritical? And why can't we find on the record any criticism of you making towards these countries? You just take their money. Why did 55% of the people that got to see you as Secretary of State, why were they donors when you said you wouldn't do that? Why did you lie about your email server scandal? We'll get to it with Newt Gingrich later in so many capacities. Never sending, receiving, never sending, receiving, marked. I thought it's alphabetical, but there's only C's. There's no A, B, or D's. Why don't you tell the truth? You know, the FBI, the, the ugly details are now pouring out of this mountain of evidence that the FBI had to ignore to avoid indicting Hillary. The Wall Street Journal editorial, today's New York Post column by Paul Sperry, make it pretty damn clear that the FBI took a dive in order to save Hillary and the Democratic Party, and I, th I think it's pretty stunning. You know, the NRO folks, were you paying attention? You guys at the Wall Street Journal, you paying attention? Glenn Beck, are you reading all this corruption? 
Mitt Romney, you reading it? Stuart Stevens and the rest of you guys reading it? Bill Crystal, are you reading it? Jonah, you reading it? James Comey repeatedly told, we we're told he's a straight shooter. Follow the evidence wherever it led is now a national joke. He's like Inspector Cliseur of the Obama administration. He was handed an open shut case, silver platter, and he blew it. And it seems he blew it deliberately. Doesn't matter why Comey did it. He did it. Whether it was political expedience, ambition, fear that he couldn't put the country through this, I don't know. Later on in the program today, we're going to interview the guy, the creator of a bleach bit. You mean like with a cloth head? Do you mean like a cloth? I clean it with a cloth? No. Did you wipe the shirt? What, like with a cloth or something? No. What's worse than the FBI allowing itself to be completely politicized? I can't think of anything. This is pretty bad. What does it mean? For the second presidential election cycle in a row, Democrats can get away with a lot of things. You're not allowed to say this. Democrats in the media go nuts. But, you know, in 2012, they did to the IRS what they're now doing to the FBI. They turned the IRS into a subsidiary of the DNC. And they sick them on the Tea Party. Catherine Engelbrecht, remember her? They tried to destroy the Tea Party, the engine of the Republican victory in 2010. They couldn't continue that or let that continue, so they were neutralized in 2012 by Obama's IRS. Romney donors threatened with audits, conservative groups in the IRS crosshairs, conservative grassroots groups that scared the daylights out of the White House were handcuffed. I can't say with certainty that the targeting of the Tea Party made a difference, but it didn't help. Now you got the FBI manipulating the same way the IRS did four years ago. Clearing the playing field for Democratic candidates so they don't have to face obstacles, in this case Hillary, without getting indicted. Wall Street Journal investigation, they go through page by page today. Regular FBI practice is to get the subject on record early and then see if the story that they give meshes with what the agents find. But in the case of Hillary, they didn't go after her, interview her till after. And if bleach bit doesn't prove criminal intent, what will? They blew past evidence the Clinton advisors may have engaged in a cover-up. Quote, page 10, FBI report, Clinton's immediate aides, including Uma Abedin, Cheryl Mills, Jacob Sullivan, others told the FBI they were unaware of the existence of a private server until after Clinton's tenure at state when it became public knowledge. Now, that's pretty amazing considering Uma Abedin had her own email account on the private server. Also contradicted on page 3 at the recommendation of Uma the and later deputy chief of state uh, chief of staff at state in and around the fall of 2008 bill clinton's aide justin cooper contacted brian pagliano to build the new server system to assist cooper with the administration of the new server system now they also ignored on page 18 the fbi notes that on march 2nd 2015 the new york times broke news about hillary's private server on march 4th the House Select Committee on Benghazi issued a subpoena for Ms. Clinton to produce emails from the ClintonEmail.com. The FBI notes in the days following the New York Times story, Ms. Mills requested that Platte River Networks, the outside network, you know, the this is the one that put the server in the bathroom, maintaining the Clintons' uh, emails and server, that they conduct a complete inventory of all equipment related to the Clinton server. They held a press conference with President Clinton's staff. And when those in the PRN conversations with Miss Mills and other aides, well, anyway, usually the FBI is kind of interested in any potential destruction of evidence. They ended up 
destroying the emails after they were subpoenaed. Paul Sperry has a great column, how the FBI went easy on Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they did. Comey didn't even attend the interview with her. The FBI failed to pursue even the most basic line of questioning. If bleach bit doesn't prove criminal intent, I don't know what will. When Clinton claimed she couldn't recall because of a because of a concussion in 2012, they bought that? Comey didn't squeeze Platte River Networks, the engineers that complained gave them inconsistent statements over the course of three interviews. Comey failed to push back against Cheryl Mills' claims of attorney-client privilege as she refused to divulge details of how she sifted through Hillary's emails. He admitted to Trey Gowdy how many times he lied. And Hillary won't comment on what she told the FBI about her concussion. By the way, the GOP does vow that the Hillary investigation would continue even if she wins. Gee. That's about it. I have as much confidence in that as repealing and replacing Obamacare and stopping over the top spending and illegal and unconstitutional executive amnesty. Anyway, 800-941-SHAWN, toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Hey, uh, listen, for all of you out there. The director also, though, said you were extremely careless. Do you agree with him? Well, I respectfully disagree because what that what that really comes down to is whether material that was not marked classified in someone else's opinion in retrospect should have been. And I think the people in the State Department, professionals with lots of experience and expertise who were handling this material and sending it to me, they made their best judgments. Look, I have absolutely no uh, doubt that you know what I did has raised questions for people, and I deeply regret that. That's why I've said there are no excuses. I took responsibility a year ago. I take responsibility today. I made a mistake. I've apologized for it, um, and I'm just happy it's over because that's you know the end of what's been uh, you know a very uh, a very difficult period. All right, glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We have a lot of events to analyze from this week, including the Commander-in-Chief Forum. You know that Donald Trump had a good night because Democrats are lashing out so virulently against poor Matt Lauer. A lot of questions not asked that night. Why did Hillary take all this money from Saudi Arabia that oppresses women, gays, lesbians, and Christians and Jews. She wasn't asked about the Iranian deal, I think, in enough detail, or North Korea, which her husband enabled them to get nuclear weapons. And uh, now the Clinton campaign is warning the press to back off Hillary's health questions. And Hillary won't comment on what she told the FBI about her concussion that apparently prevented her from remembering that she was even briefed on security issues, none of which makes any sense. And here to go through all of this with us is former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. How are you? I'm doing well, and I think you sort of captured it. What a mess. It really uh, is, right? Every time you turn around, uh, there's something new and strange going on with the Clintons, and it's just remarkable. I mean, she lies so consistently that it's just amazing. If you if you watched her the other night, her answers were consistently dishonest, and you knew that they were, this is not an accident, you know that they sit at her campaign headquarters they they write these out, they memorize them, they practice them. So so what you have is a campaign which has decided as a matter of policy that they cannot tell the truth and run. I and am, so yeah. 
Mike Hubble, I mean, it's it's just it's, it's truly astonishing how how routinely she now lies. I agree with all of that. But you know something? We've learned a lot in the last number of days. Both Paul Sperry in the New York Post and the Wall Street Journal, you know, talk about an FBI, you know, rigging an, an investigation to let Hillary off the hook, how they went easy on her. For example, the, FBI, uh, the Wall Street Journal points out in a pretty bombshell editorial today, you know, contending that the FBI's investigation into this email server looks like it was rigged from the start and that James Comey always intended to let her off the hook, and they didn't pursue evidence of potential false statements, obstruction of justice, destruction of evidence. We now know that she had 13 devices, not one, as she suggested. We now know that she didn't wipe it with a cloth, that they used bleach bit. Well, I think that shows criminal intent more than anything, doesn't it? And doesn't it sure. seem... Look, look if, if we weren't in the middle of a presidential campaign, uh, I suspect that she would have been indicted. Um, but but, but, even, but wait a minute, but that is profound what you're saying. Right. You're, you are saying that because, well, I'm running for president or somebody runs for president, that they don't have to abide by and won't be held to the same standard as everybody else. Well, I'm partially saying as a practical matter, to try to indict her in, September, in August or September, leading to a potential jury trial two years from now, would have actually told us less than what Comey has done. What Comey has done is he, he took the entire indictment and held a press conference and said, you know, while we're not going to indict her, let me share with you everything that's indictable. And then last week he dumped a whole bunch of additional FBI material out in public, which I don't remember ever being done before. And he said, gosh, if you're not convinced yet how guilty she is, let me share all this stuff with you. So, so Comey has, has, in a sense, set the stage where we have a jury trial. The jury trial is called an election, and the jury is 315 million people. But he keeps defending the FBI, keeps saying that they're not political. Now, let me give you, on top of bleach bit, on top of the fact that, you know, we now know that they smashed black, uh, blackberries with hammers, and how easy they went, and the investigation, you know, he claims is free of undue influence, but in fact, all the evidence to the contrary, that even after evidence was under subpoena, it was being destroyed. That's obstruction of justice. Right. Uh, add to that this montage, which I think proves so many of the lies that we were told, and frankly, I think lead to uh, what should have led to at least a criminal referral, but really an indictment. In a congressional hearing on July 7th, Director Comey directly contradicted what you had told the public. I had uh, not sent uh, classified material nor received anything uh, marked classified. Secretary Clinton said she never sent or received any classified information over her private email. Was that true? Our investigation found that there was classified information sent. So it was not true. Right. That I am confident that I never sent nor received any information that was classified at the time it was sent and received. Secretary Clinton said there was nothing marked classified on her emails either sent or received. Was that true? That's not true. There were a small number of portion markings on, I think, three of the documents. I never sent um, classified uh, material on my email, and I never received any uh, that was marked classified. Secretary Clinton said I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. There is no classified material. Was that true? Now, there was classified material emailed. People across the government knew that I used one device. Maybe it was... Uh, because I am not the most technically capable person and uh, wanted to make it as easy as possible. Secretary Clinton said she used just one device. Was that true? 
she used multiple devices during the four years uh, of her term as Secretary of State. But we turned over everything that was work-related, every single thing. Personal stuff, we did not. I had no obligation to do so and did not. Secretary Clinton said all work-related emails were returned to the State Department. Was that true? No, we found work-related emails, thousands, that were not returned. All I can tell you is that when my attorneys conducted this exhaustive process, I did not participate. Secretary Clinton said her lawyers read every one of the emails and were overly inclusive. Did her lawyers read the email content individually? No. He directly contradicted what well, I, and let me just just yeah. he not only directly contradicted what you said, he also said in that hearing that you were extremely careless and negligent. Well, Chris, I looked at the whole transcript of everything that was said and what I believe is number one, I made a mistake not using two different email addresses. I have said that and I repeat it again today. It is certainly not anything that I ever would do again. I take classification seriously. I relied on and had every reason to rely on the judgments of the professionals with whom I worked. I can prove in that montage criminal intent and she got a pass. And then, of but, course, it's the, she, and she, she thought the C, she thought the, the C meant alphabetical, but there's no A, B, or D. There's only a C. Let me just suggest to you that, that she is faced with a very serious problem in that I think that, that if she does not win the election, the odds are very, very high that this is going to continue moving in the direction of, of not just her, but her entire senior staff getting indicted. Well, we know that Uma Abedin, for example, if you look at the notes, and this was in the Wall Street Journal today, that, you know, they blow past evidence the Clinton advisors may have engaged in the cover-up. Uh, page 10 of the FBI report, Clinton's immediate aides, including Abedin and Cheryl Mills and Jacob Sullivan and others, told the FBI they were unaware of the existence of the private server until after Clinton's tenure at at state or when it became public knowledge. But Abedin and her own me email account was on the private server. As was Cheryl Mills. Right. I mean, that, that's why my, my point is, I, I believe all of these folks face a very real danger. If, if, and then, of course, this gives them added intensity in the campaign, because if, if they don't win, the odds are very high that they're all going to be indicted. Well, then I guess there's a lot at stake here. So what you think or what you're saying or what you believe is James Comey made a decision that it was too controversial to apply the laws of this country to a presidential candidate and basically laid out without recommending a criminal indictment, laid out the case for indictment, even though he denies that, and that he's putting it in the hands of the American people, assuming that they'll actually understand the nuances and the details of all of these reports, even though most people work 16 hours a day and are busy, you know, shoveling coffee in their throat, feeding their kids, making their lunch and getting them off to school and making sure they go to their activities and study. Look, I, I don't know and I don't know Comey personally, but my sense is, as a historian, that he knew, given our legal system, that if he recommended indictment, and even if it was accepted, which is dubious, given this administration, by the time you got to the indictment, and by the time you then impaneled a jury, you're talking about the middle of next year, at the earliest. Uh, that's just the, the, the slow, cumbersome system we now have. And he also knew that they would allow the Clinton people 
to try to keep things locked up. So, so what he did is he did the, the between his press conference and the following releases, he did the largest data dump I've ever seen of an FBI investigation that did not lead to an indictment. And he basically said to the American people, and and look, they have you helping them, they have Rush Limbaugh helping them, they have you know Fox News. Well, with all due respect, this is not my job. Well, of course it is. You're you're a major interpreter of the American scene. You know what? If I if I had as much power as liberals put on me, Obama never would have been president. I don't have the power that people seem to think no, that but, I do. No, but but you're one of many people. All I mean, look. I'm look, a spoke look, in a look wheel. At what happened with Matt Lauer? Matt Lauer, who's who's hardly hard right, now is in a position to ask the most obvious questions, which of course gets him promptly attacked by the left because she can't answer the most obvious questions. I mean, all the hours she spent, all the experts she's brought in, everybody who's worked on this problem. The best they could come up with was stupid. You know, there is something fascinating. When the Clinton Foundation, in the middle of the exposure a couple of weeks ago, where it was shown that by the AP that more than half of the people, 55% of the people that she saw, private individuals as, as Secretary of State, were donors or people that committed money, she immediately came out with that race card. In the last two days, you have Bill Clinton saying that Trump's a racist, and you have Chelsea Clinton claiming that, that Trump is a misogynist and sexist. Here's what Bill Clinton said. I'm actually old enough to remember the good old days, and they weren't all that good in many ways. That message where I'll give you America great again is if you're a white southerner, you know exactly what it means, don't you? What it means is I'll give you an economy you had 50 years ago, and I'll move you back up on the social totem pole and other people down. What Hillary wants to do is take the totem pole down and let us all go forward together. Okay. Now, here's one little problem. Also, Chelsea Clinton went out and said that Trump is a misogynist and a sexist. Uh, it seems that they their most pointed attacks always come when Hillary's in the midst of the most trouble. Here's a problem for Bill Clinton. Listen to him running for I believe office. that together we can make America great again. To secure a better future for your children and your grandchildren and to make America great again. I want to attack these problems and make America great again. It's time for another comeback. Time to make America great again. Well, I guess we know what that meant when he said it back then, considering he knows what it means, right? Look, poor Bill. <laughs> uh, I mean, Bill, Bill used to be one of the greatest politicians I'd ever seen, but he's out of practice. He's floundering. <clears throat> the world's turned against him. And, I mean, I mean, people are actually suggesting that taking money is not as corrupt, and people are suggesting that he did such a terrible job in Haiti, he should be ashamed of himself. Uh, and he's watching his wife, and he, he's got to be in pain. I mean, can you imagine, with his verbal skills, watching her the other night with Matt Lauer, you know he was getting an ulcer. I mean, he's just sitting there going, oh, my God, you can do better than this, Hillary. And, he, and she can't. So, so poor Bill comes out, and he, and he does what he's always done, which is randomly say whatever comes into his brain. But this is a sign of how the system is turning, because people actually go back and, fa and, and check him, and all of a sudden, all over the media, you get three or four or five examples of Bill Clinton talking about making America great again, which just makes him look like a fool. All right, uh, last question. You're uh, confident that Trump's going to win. Why are you so confident when the polls show in every swing state, and I think the electoral map is far tougher for any Republican, it's neck and neck. Why are you so confident he's winning? Well, I'll share with you a friend of mine who just did a focus group in Ohio. 
Okay. Who said? Yeah, thanks a lot, John Kasich. By the way, go ahead. Who said the degree to which the swing voters loathe Hillary, dislike her so much, they're they're looking for any plausible excuse to vote for Trump. I believe there's an 18 to 20 point swing sitting out there that'll happen by mid October, and it'll be just like Reagan in 1980. Uh, people don't they've known her since 1992. They don't want her. Every time she turns around, she has a new problem. And I think you could see uh, really very very dramatic things happening in the next six weeks. And I'm I'm relatively comfortable. And I watched I watched Trump growing. I watch him learning. I watch him doing smart things. By the way, uh, Baton Rouge, Detroit, Mexico. Well, and and he's now going to go to Phyllis Schlafly's funeral, which which is mm-hmm. for conservatives a sign of respect. Yeah, that should really reassure a lot of conservatives that this guy is getting it. I agree. I know with you. from my good friend David Lane that that we're beginning to see evangelicals come together for Trump as they think about a radical Hillary Clinton Supreme Court. So I just think a lot of good things are going to happen in the next few weeks. Former Speaker of the House, friend of the program, Newt Gingrich. We always love having your insight. Thank you for being with us. Graham, all right, as promised, let's get to our phones at the top of the next hour. The founder, the lead developer of BleachBit, this uh, company, the software technology that is used to, well, basically make sure that your server is clean, so clean that even God can't find those emails. Dennis in Northern California. Dennis, how are you? We're glad you called, sir. Good, John. How are you, man? I'm good. What's going on in beautiful Redwood territory? Hey, I just want to give you a little insight uh, into the FBI's investigation since this email scandal is only uh, one of the many things that should probably discredit Hillary Clinton from being the president. Let me first off by saying there's a few things that kind of bother me about this. I spent 18 years in law enforcement. I'm recently retired, and I spent two years assigned as an agent with the JTTF task force. And uh, there's a few things that came up through Director Comey um, has said over time that's kind of bothered me. One was is when Hillary Clinton came out and said that she would do the interview as long as it's not recorded. How does that affect the FBI's credibility of being fair and impartial agency when whether it's you or me that's being interviewed, you know that they're going to record it. Next, that bothers me is that as an agent with the FBI where I served two years, it was mandatory that we recorded all interviews, whether they were used by either video or by so, audio. So you were a special agent for how many years? For two years. I assigned, I was why did you, why did you leave that job? I, everybody that I know in the FBI will never leave that job. They love it. Well, I was an officer, so I was, you know, assigned to a city who was attached to a task force, and I was sworn as a special agent with that task force. Therefore, it gave us jurisdiction to enforce crimes throughout the United States, basically, is what it did. And the only reason why I left was that it was a special assignment. At the time, I had just got promoted to a sergeant. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, so understood. I left. Understand. Um, yeah, no, I think you're right, just like there have been many occasions where everybody else would get sworn in when they're given testimony, but not Hillary Clinton. That's right. And another thing, too, is when Director Comey says that he wasn't there when the interview was taking place, I can assure you that when the Secretary of State is being interviewed by the FBI, Director Comey is going to be there to observe and to oversee how that interview is being taken place, because ultimately the, the weight upon the investigation falls on his shoulders. Well, he had said prior to this that Comey had said himself that he was every day getting briefed on this, up to his eyeballs in this. He was he was active and engaged in this. And, uh, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. That would not be a situation where he wouldn't want to be there, would he? No, he's absolutely going to be there. Well, maybe, maybe, well, apparently he's saying he didn't want to be there. And if he didn't want to be there, what does that say? Did he lie? Well, 
one can only assume that he did. It just kind of makes me wonder if there was some kind of you know, back alleyway conversation between him and the attorney. I, I think it's very plausible he purposely didn't want to be there. Plausible well, deniability. He could say, I didn't know well, my agent said that. I wasn't there. Why not? That's true. He very well could have done that as well, but I'm, I'm almost certain that he's seen that. What he says and what he does, obviously, is two different things. I had a lot of respect for him until... No, you uh, just heard Speaker of the House Gingrich. You know, he is, you know, making a pretty good guess or presenting a pretty good theory on this, being that Comey uh, laid out the case for indictment, knew it would be probably too much for our political system to handle, and said, okay, here's the evidence. We'll let the American people decide it's called an election. The problem with that is that means we have a two-tiered justice system, one for those who run for president, high offices, and those that are the rest of us. And I know for a fact Sean Hannity wouldn't get away with any of this. I'd be handcuffed. I'd be perp-walked so that the rest of the world can see me in handcuffs. I'd be mugshotted, and my ass would be in jail. And there's no kick, no file in any cake that would get me out of that jail. And I'm here. I'm just waiting now for the next release of uh, Julia Assange and WikiLeaks to come out with this uh, new email release. Well, Although uh, I can't, I yeah. can't say that I agree to someone, you know, breaking into anybody's computer systems. But in this circumstance, I'm not so sure that a computer system was even hacked. I think there might have been somebody on the inside. I actually disagree. I think this guy is so bright that we had on yesterday, Julian Assange. I mean, think about this. He was 16 years old and he broke into NASA's computers. He was 16 years old. He broke into the Pentagon. Now, I'm with you. At first, when I heard that maybe people's lives were in jeopardy, I said, well, he's a criminal. I said, "Okay," But now that I see how he's used the information and he has a 10 year track record of never getting it wrong and they take obvious care in the release of this. Um, I am far more impressed than I ever thought I would be with him, and I think he's done America a great service in two ways. One, he's pointed out how awful or non-existent our cybersecurity is, and number two, he's showing us how corrupt our government really is, and it's eye-opening. And if people are paying attention, they, they could never vote for a Democrat, in my opinion, but in this case, and I, you know, it's sad, but... I'm going to move on. Dennis, thank you so much. Good call. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. Virginia Beach. W-N-I-S. Suzanne is next. How are you? What's up, Suzanne? Um, I was calling because of yesterday uh, uh, with um, Julian Lassange. I, it was such a great interview. and But what I was hoping that he would say was about Soros. Because I believe I've done some extensive extensive research on this guy and he's behind everything he's behind um obama he's behind clinton he's behind all everything that's going on right now and i'm hoping that this next group that is that he's going to release is going to have something to do with this guy i think george soros and this open society foundation now there's a story out today how they're seeking to expand online voting to me, that is just opening the door to voter fraud at a level that you've never seen. Yes. And from my position is I find him extraordinarily dangerous. I think he's a globalist who has very different views about the direction of the United States of America than I do. And I think he's spending vast amounts of money to manipulate the direction of this country and the world. And it's amazing how he's made his money, too. Oh, I know. I did. I done um, research into him and back when he was 17 and the things that he did to 
to the Jewish people, and he's supposed to be a Jewish, he's supposed to be a Jew. Uh, no, uh-uh. he is just evil personified. And I was hoping maybe someday maybe you, you would Listen, do I don't know what he did in terms, I know this issue has come up before. That That's not my main, I think he is, I think he is up to his eyeballs in changing America to oh, yeah. at its core. Yes. Appreciate the call. Thank yes. you. Uh, Tom in New Jersey, the all-new AM710 WOR, the talk of New York, New Jersey, Long Island. How are you, sir? I'm fine, Sean. How are you? God bless you, too. Thank I you. I really love you guys. You too, buddy. You have such talent at Fox. I, I can go on and on, but I won't. But I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on just about everything you say. You're one of the only ones who exposes, no matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican, because really they're all the same. They just wear different colors. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm, I'm more angry at Republicans. Republicans oh. have disappointed me more profoundly than anything Obama's ever done. Well, we were expecting more from them, you know. Well, we did, and they failed us. Then they yeah, created right. Trump, and, you know, here Trump is a very aggressive, uh, mostly conservative, pro-America agenda, and Republicans are sabotaging him. Tell I, me. I don't. I don't understand. Sean, oh, well, they own Trump. Hillary. I'm telling all of them that you yeah. own it. You're not going to vote for Trump. You're going to sabotage him. You I, own her Supreme Court nominees. Yeah, without question. Yeah. Without question. Trump, honestly, out of 17, Trump was probably 15th on my list. But I still back him 100%. Because yeah. look at the choice that we have. And at least he's putting together. He's giving us information. He's telling us the Supreme Court selection. On and on. I mean, Trump, it, Trump is going. I mean, this is basic common sense, which isn't so common anymore. We're going to let every, just let everybody in. Doesn't matter what they're carrying. It, it, we, we're a nation of immigrants. I'm in it. My my grandparents came here. You know, Listen, I'm seeing in Trump tremendous here. growth as an individual, as mm-hmm. a candidate, and I think he would obviously carry this over into the presidency. And this is what I'm trying to get into the thick, arrogant, yeah. you know heads of of the anti-trump saboteurs out there the the yeah. wall street journal nro mitt romney supporting oh, God, um you know glenn romney. beck no, bashing you know it just never ends but this is what i'm trying to get into their head and it's a very simple choice it's a choice election all right you have trump supreme court nominees originalists fidelity to the constitution belief in separation of powers co-equal branches of government then you got hillary's and that's judicial activism legislating from the bench, you know, citing uh, foreign constitutions as sources of their decision-making, which is obscene. You know, then you've got the issue of unvetted refugees of Hillary, in spite of what Comey, Clapper, Brennan, Steinbeck, McCall, General Allen all say that ISIS will infiltrate the population. Then you've got Trump, extreme vetting to keep Americans safe. He's actually listening to our top intelligence officials. Then you've got the wall. You build the wall for national security purposes, first and foremost, but also... You don't have illegal immigrants competing with Americans, 95 million of them out of the labor force. You have a choice. You have a choice in the Supreme Court, choice on vetting refugees, choice on immigration and securing your borders. You have a choice on Obamacare. Hillary will keep it in some way, shape, form or fashion, and Trump will get rid of it with free market competition. You got Hillary's plan to raise taxes, and you got Trump's economic plan. You got Hillary's plan to fire coal miners and put coal companies out of business. And then you got Trump wants to expand and all coal mining, expand all energy production, fracking, drilling, nuclear, other, and create millions of high-paying jobs. And we'll be, of course, from a security standpoint, not, not reliant on countries that hate our guts. Education, Trump wants to send it back to the states. Let them make the decision. Hillary, top-down, NEA-supported Common Core. 
You know, just go through issue by issue. She wants to raise taxes, $1.3 trillion, tax the rich, redistribute wealth. We've just done that. And it's resulted in the worst recovery since the 40s, lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. We've had the, the lowest labor participation rate as well in, since the 1970s. 12 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. How many more times do I have to give out these statistics? You know, of course, the, you know, the, he'll accumulate more debt than every other president before him combined. One in five American families, not a single person working. One in six American men, 18 to 34, their prime years. It's worse than the Depression. You realize that? That's how bad it is. The percentage of working age men that don't have a job is similar to the Great Depression. 18 to 34, one in six, they're in jail or they're home in mommy's basement. I'm sure mommy would prefer they be out working. No jobs available. Mark in Vegas. Mark, you're next. K Dawn Radio. What's going on, sir? We're going to be out there for the debate, I assume. What's going on? Oh, sweet. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Viva Las Vegas, baby. What's going on, baby? Hey, I, man, I want to talk about uh, Jonah a little bit. You know, oh, my buddy Jonah Goldberg. What? Yeah, yeah, well, a little Twitter you know, war. No, no, no. You, you know, you know, By the way, here's my take on BuzzFeed had a big piece Jonah on that last Jonah. night, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, here's my take. Here, here's my take on, on them. They are afraid of what Trump will do about spending if he gets in office. They have become such big spenders. Now, Jonah's not a spender, but he, he benefits from big spending, you know, in some way, go dinners, whatever, you know. But they have become such Democrat liberal-like big spenders that they are so afraid with Trump, with his lifetime of being a businessman and lifetime at looking at bottom lines, that he really is going to get in there and no more $300 hammers, no more $500 toilet seats, no more waste, fraud, and abuse. You know, because they all benefit from all of that, all of that spending, the, 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 the Republicans and Democrats alike. And they are afraid. Listen, I'm going to say this. Those saboteurs combined, I don't think anyone single-handedly have it, but the Becks, the NROs, the Wall Street Journals, all of these, the Romney supporters, Kasich, Graham, Cruz, unfortunately, I like Ted. It's very disappointing. Jeb Bush. Cumulatively, they are having an impact. And Trump is not getting the percentage of the Republican vote he needs to win. So I'm holding all of them responsible. They own Hillary's Supreme Court decisions. They own what her unvetted refugees do. They own what illegal immigrants do. They own that we're dependent on foreign oil in four years. They own Obamacare. They own the poor educational system. They own it all. Jonah, you're listening. You own it. You're married to it. People use bleach pit for different uh, reasons. Sometimes someone's just trying to, to clean up their system and make extra space. However, in Hillary Clinton's case, it'd be hard to, to argue that on an email server that she would be trying to, to make extra space. Well, she trying to cover Especially, something up? Right. My understanding of the timeline is first uh, she was asked to turn over this information to the FBI, and then she ran the bleach bit software to wipe her server clean. And in that situation, it's hard to imagine anything else other than trying to permanently remove information and make it so that no one else could find it. Same arguments. that the FBI believes that you tried to wipe the entire server. Did you try to wipe the entire, so that there'd be no email, no personal, no official, wipe the whole thing? Well, my personal emails are my personal business, right? right? So I, so we went through a painstaking process and turned over 55,000 pages of anything we thought could be work-related. Under the law, that decision is made by the official. I was the official. 
I made those decisions. And as I just said, over 1,200 of the emails have already been deemed not work-related. Now, all I can tell you is, in retrospect, if I'd used a government account and I had said, you know, let's release everything, let's let everybody in America see what I did for four years, we would have the same arguments. But so that, that's all I can say. I have no idea. That's why we turned it over. You we, were in charge of it. You were the official in charge. Did you wipe the server? What, like with a cloth or something? I don't know. Well, you no. know how it works digitally. Did you try to wipe I, the whole server? I don't know how it works digitally at all. I do not so have you any... Tried. You did not try. Ed, I know you want to make a point, and I can just repeat what I have said. In order, to, in order to be as cooperative as possible, we have turned over the server. They can do whatever they want to with the server to figure out what's there or what's not there. That's for the you know, people investigating it to try to figure out. But we turned over everything that was work-related, every single thing. Personal stuff, we did not. I had no obligation to do so and did not. She and her lawyers had those emails deleted. And, and they didn't just push the delete button. They had them deleted where even God can't read them. They were using something called bleach bit. Bleach bit. All right, news roundup information overload hour. That was Trey Gowdy. Before that, Hillary Clinton, mean like with like a cloth? I, I turned over 55,000 pages, but yeah, but the other 33,000 plus that you deleted, that would be 65,000 pages you didn't turn over. And of course, she lied about only using one device, and she lied about not sending or receiving classified information. And now she's come up with a brand new excuse this week at the Commander-in-Chief Forum. Well, there was no headliner, there's no marking, and said that, and I thought C meant like alphabetical, even though there was no A, B, or D. I thought the C meant alphabetical. What is bleach in other words, we've all tried to delete things on our computers. You delete emails. You know, you don't want to backlog. You don't want to take up all the computer space. How many of you heard about BleachBit before you learned that Hillary Clinton used it? I bet most of you did not. I, I know I certainly did not. Joining us now is Andrew Zeem. He is the founder. He is the lead developer of BleachBit. And he's joining us to talk about this issue involving Hillary Clinton and why they decided to use his software technology to, I would argue, hide and deceive the American people. How are you? Andrew. My pleasure. Thank you for t having me on the show today. So when she says to Ed Henry, you mean like with like a cloth, Ed? And then we find out that they used a very sophisticated program that you put together. You're the founder. You're the lead developer. Um, it's a lot more sophisticated than a cloth, isn't it? And she knew better. Yeah, it's it's amazing to find out that Bleachbit was, in fact, the cloth that she's talking about. It, it certainly is a sophisticated device. Of course, a cloth can only wipe fingerprints, but uh, Bleachbit can wipe that information. So as Trey Gowdy said, not even God can read it. Yeah, so in other words, it really works. Your technology, in other words, for example, if I delete on my, e on my computer right now a bunch of emails, if I delete a, a bunch of whatever, it's still on my computer. It would be recoverable by a computer forensic expert, by the FBI, for example. They'd be able to find every single thing I did on my computer if I just deleted it the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way, you're right, doesn't permanently de delete information. Um, in the case of email, things are a lot more complicated, and that's why uh, Hillary took a two-pronged approach, right? Her aide smashed her mobile devices with a hammer because there's a copy of, of the emails on the um, on the mobile device, and then the IT guy from Platte River Networks ran BleachBit on the server, and that deletes another copy of the emails that were on the server end. 
So this was a would bleach bit or the use of bleach bit. If I if you found out I was under investigation by the FBI and let's say I called you, you're the founder, you're the lead developer of bleach bit. I call you and I say, Andrew, Andrew, it's Sean Hannity. The FBI wants to look at my computer. Um, um, what do you think I ought to do? And you tell me to use bleach bit. And you'd say, if you really want to hide stuff, you want to erase stuff, BleachBit works. You'd tell me that, right? And you're confident in your product. BleachBit can, uh, yeah, definitely delete information that, so that people can't hide it. Uh, deleting uh, emails is a particularly tricky kind of business because there's so many copies. Uh, as I mentioned, her mobile phone, mm-hmm. the email server. The people she sends it to, own. they may still have a copy, right? Right. Well, that's, that's where it gets really tricky. Uh, Clinton apparently had a lot of influence, but... I think that it would be difficult or impossible for her to delete those copies once they went to the State did, Department's email servers. Did you watch James Comey the day that he spoke for 13 minutes like I did? And I thought, wow, he's going to do it. He's going to pull the lever. He's going to at least put forward a criminal referral. And then he pivoted and didn't do it. Did you watch that? No, I missed that one. Sean. OK, the thing is, if I'm using bleach bit and, for example, some of this was done even after certain emails were subpoenaed, we now learn. But the bottom line is, isn't that proof of intent, criminal intent to hide, to cover up. For example, if, if she said, as innocently she did, 33,000 emails that were deleted were about yoga, a wedding, and a funeral, and emails with Bill, who does an email, and she had 33,000 of them, and they were innocent, and they were private, then she wouldn't need bleach pit, would she? I, I can agree with you halfway, Sean. Uh, the way I look at it is this. When Trey Gowdy came out two weeks ago and said that he read in the FBI documents that bleach bit was used. It seemed like the issue of intent was pretty clear. Then a few days ago, the FBI released their documents. And what I read there is that the IT guy used bleach bit. And this is where it gets really, really fishy. So it was her IT guy, her email server, even her aides apparently were involved, but she's denying responsibility for that. But if you're going to send, if you're the secretary of state, it was, I, I, my conclusion is obvious. She wanted to, from the beginning, separate all of this information to avoid congressional oversight. And she did it knowing what the rules were, knowing what the law was, knowing what her intention was. And at very convenient, she told the FBI she couldn't remember the the briefing she received at the State Department because of a concussion that she had in 2012, which, by the way, we're not allowed to talk about her health. But her concussion was so severe, she can't remember ever being briefed on security issues involving involving computers and, and, and technology and cybersecurity, et cetera. So let me ask this. How does the FBI find evidence of deletions if your program BleachBit is used? And how can some of the emails be recovered? Could they be found on that particular server? Could they be found on a particular computer? Or did they have to find it maybe on somebody else's device or a mobile device that was hammered? The FBI report doesn't go into details, but I think I think there's two scenarios. If they did find it on the email server, it was possibly suboptimal use of BleachBit or, as you mentioned, uh, cross-referencing other email servers. On my website, bleachbit.org, uh, I wrote a guide on how to delete emails. It's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek. I don't want anyone um, hiding information from the FBI. But the point of it is it's a very delicate Well, then why process. would you, if you created this, and I'm not, I'm not questioning your motives. Please don't, don't misinterpret what I'm asking you here. Why would you create Bleachbit if you're not trying to help people hide stuff? Right. I mean, BleachBit isn't just for nefarious uses, just for hiding information from the FBI. It has legitimate uses. Uh, Every day, 
law-abiding citizens such as yourself value privacy. Mm-hmm. For example, when you're doing shopping or banking on the Internet, those communications are encrypted. But it's the same encryption technology that your web browser is using to protect you from bad guys. That same encryption technology pr- protects the bad guys from being spied on by the NSA or FBI. In so this way, is, in other words, have- it could be used by people that have a right to privacy or maybe corporations that have proprietary technology, for example. Yeah, you have a right to privacy. Corporations have a right to privacy. So I think any of us should be able to use BleachBit in a legitimate right. sense to delete that information on our own systems. I first read that it was a very expensive software package, and then I read somewhere else that it might be free. Uh, so I'm kind of confused. Is it expensive? Do you have to pay for this? Can you download it? What's the deal? <laughs> yeah, people hear that it's sophisticated, and, and people hear that it's working. But actually, BleachBit is totally free of charge, and downloads are anonymous from the website bleachbit.org. Uh, remarkably, that implies that there's no money trail, right? You know, when you buy an expensive product, people are going to question that. There's a record of that. It can be traced back. But uh, in her case, Nothing can be traced here. How do you make money then? You mean you developed, obviously, a very sophisticated, powerful software program that I think a lot of people would want to buy. I mean, how do you make your money? The the short answer, BleachBit is is a gift, and I'm not getting rich on this. It's true that... Why don't you sell it then? I'll invest with you. I mean, I think this is great. <laughs> yeah, the the licensing model is unique. Uh, in a sense, I can't even take it back. The source code, the blueprints for it are already out there. Uh, anyone's actually free to to copy it and even make their own versions off of it. Yeah, but all the free publicity, you're you're like the the Coca Cola of of erasing uh, emails, you know. So, uh, and I mean that in a comp. Look, I, look, I've had Julian Assange on yesterday. It stunned me. At age 16, the guy broke into NASA and the Pentagon's computer system. I mean, isn't that insane? I mean, you have, to be, you have to be wickedly bright and smart to pull that off. And, and obviously, for you to create this software package, uh, you've got to be incredibly intelligent to do something like this, especially coming from me, which is, a you know, I, I barely can download an app on my, my phone for crying out loud. So what do I know? But um, why, did you, why did you do it for free then? Why did you gift it? Um, I've been part of this uh, open source community for 20 years, publishing software, including the source code, which are the blueprints. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of that. I use that software. I like to give it back. People use a lot of that software every day without realizing it. Uh, sometimes there's hybrid models like Mozilla Firefox. Yeah, but I can't see Bill Gates or Apple or any of these big companies giving us anything. I mean, you pay. Why didn't you just charge for it, considering it's such a valuable product? For me, it's, it's fun to, to make it. It certainly didn't realize it'd be coming to this. This, is, this thing with Hillary is, is quite uh, exciting. Do you have, a, uh, do you have a, your own sense? And now I'm asking you to sort of step out, knowing your software, knowing all the information we have now. Do you have a sense of why she did this? Yeah, I mean, I can only uh, speculate and, and conjecture here, but I, I think she in the initially probably had, maybe was naive about how, how bad it could get, what confidential information that there was. Or maybe they, uh, maybe maybe they actually caught. did know. Maybe they knew how damning it would be. Yeah, but once you... St- once you step in this pile of a mess, though, one thing leads to another, and then it, it just gets worse from there. Yeah. Um, do you recommend that everybody use BleachBit? I mean, you're offering it for free. You're not selling it just for their own particular privacy. For example, we're told that there's encryption on our phones, like uh, an iPhone and Blackberries, et cetera. Do you trust that encryption? 
The iPhone encryption seems pretty strong. Uh, we saw that play out recently with the FBI trying to gain access to that. And ultimately, they did crack it, but it was only for a specific model. And it seems in general, FBI is having a hard time getting into those systems. Uh, James Comey, from the FBI director, has has tried to put together a summit to talk about the the public's right to privacy versus uh, the police's responsibility. To I be. actually agree with you. I believe in the public's right to privacy. And unless somebody has, you know, it's some compelling evidence that maybe they're part of a terror organization, then at that point, I think you ought to be able to go to court, get a subpoena privately and be able to hack into it. And only then. And that's more or less what the FBI did in that one particular case. You no, know, because we do have protections against unreasonable search and seizure, right? It's yeah, it's, it's a law. We should um, uphold that law for sure. Listen, you're a really smart guy. I really admire your brilliance here. I do see the good side of your technology. I obviously think it was used for nefarious purposes here, but we really appreciate you taking time to share it with us. And uh, I hope, and I'm just going to urge you, the next time you do something this great, you got to sell it. you gotta, you got to pay the rent, okay? <laughs> my pleasure, Sean. I'll, I'll take your advice. All right, my friend. Thank you. Right, you know, I am amazed that these guys are just geniuses. I, I could barely download an app. I mean, I guess everyone has their own special skill set, God-given talents, but certainly computers was not mine. This just into our newsroom, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. The another, that was, another apparently plane that was another plane. Seems to An airplane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Lost. There appears to be a gaping hole.
I don't think anybody should forget the visuals of that game. Those guys did more than anyone ever expected of them. They messed with the wrong city. They messed with the wrong state. And I just don't want people to forget. They all had a sense of duty to protect us all. steadfast in our determination. The rest of the country now understand who the true defenders are. May the Irish hills caress you. May her lakes and rivers bless you. May the luck of the Irish enfold you. May the blessings of St. Patrick behold you. God bless Ireland, and God bless the United States of America. She stands. Now America is embracing a new ethic and a new creed. Let's roll. The phrase New York's finest and New York's bravest means something now, doesn't it? This is a time to reflect and be thankful for where we are today. And through the fight. We will rebuild New York City. Yet after America was attacked, it was as if our entire country looked into a mirror and saw our better selves. The conflict's not answering. Somebody stabbed in business class. And um, I think there's mates that we can't breathe. And I don't know. I think we're getting hijacked. Which one do you want? Flight 12. Flight 12. Okay. We're on flight 11 right now. This is flight 11. It's flight 11. I'm sorry, Nitties. Boston to Los Angeles. Yes. And what seat are you in? Ma'am, are you there? Yes. What 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 seat are you in? Ma'am, what seat are you in? We just left Boston. We're up in the air. I know. We're supposed to go to L.A. and the cockpit's not answering the phone. Okay, but what seat point. are you sitting in? What's the number of your seat? Okay, I'm in my jump seat right now. Okay. At three R. Okay, you're the flight attendant. Our number one has been stabbed, and our five has been stabbed. Can anybody get up to the cockpit? Can anybody get up to the cockpit? Okay, we can't even get into the cockpit. We don't know who's up there. Is anybody still there? Yes, we're still here. Okay. I'm staying on the line as well. Okay. What's going on, honey? Okay, the aircraft is erratic again. Bobbing very erratic. Betty, talk to me. Betty, are you there? Betty? Actual audio from 9-11 from that American Airlines flight. And from the flight attendant, American Airlines Flight 11, that morning on September 11, 2001. Prior to that, that was audio live from that day, put to the song by Michael W. Smith, uh, There She Stands. Played that with the accompanying video. It is beyond powerful. We're going to put it up on our website this for you to watch this weekend if you want to take some time to watch it. And uh, one of my favorite line in that, when evil calls itself a martyr. 
hear George W. Bush say our new slogan is let's roll. You know what the problem is? It's 15 years later on Sunday, and America, from my perspective, that can't say radical Islam under Obama and Hillary Clinton. America, from my perspective, that gives the number one state sponsor of terror $150 billion so they can continue to spin their centrifuges, build missile defense with Vladimir Putin and Russia, and can further build their conventional arms and not have same day, any place, any time inspections, but 25 days notice. We have gone back way back to a pre 9-11 mindset. We see terror breaking out all over. We've seen it in Chattanooga. We've seen it in San Bernardino. We've seen it in Orlando. We've seen it all over the world. We've seen it in Belgium. We've seen it in Sweden. We've seen it with refugees. We've seen it in France multiple times. We've seen it in Great Britain. We've seen it in the Middle East. You know, on any, as a matter of fact, every, what, 80 hours, there's another attack, according to those that study. We're back to a pre-9-11 mindset. And I did say that we can't say radical Islam. We have a presidential candidate that refuses to say it. We have a president that refuses to say it. The story you heard coming into this is that of Stephen Scheibner. There's a book out in my seat, a pilot story from September 10th to September 11th by Megan Ann Schneiber, uh, Schneibner. She describes how one horrific moment in time changed their lives forever, chronicling as the family's story of faith. Because 15 years ago, tomorrow, Steve Scheibner, he went to bed on September 10, 2001. It's also the day we first syndicated this radio program, 15 years ago, September 10th. 2001. No, I'll never celebrate an anniversary on this program because the second day I couldn't even get into the city where I broadcast from. And to this day, I think something magical happened that day where radio stations put all competition aside. And I literally had running up and down the halls wires all over WLIR in Garden City, Long Island. I know they've since changed their call name, but and uh, I'm in one studio Opie and Anthony are in another studio. You got WLIR doing their thing in their studio and like three other radio stations in there. And they managed to get all of us up on the air so we could broadcast to the people of New York what was going on in their city that day. Pretty amazing. You know, you've seen the worst in mankind. Evil. Incarnate. Evil calling itself a martyr. And it goes on even worse today. We sent our kids to war. We lost nearly 5,000 people. Hillary says it's a mistake now. She voted for the war. But we should, you know, use this moment to learn from her mistake. Tell that to the parents whose kids fought, bled, and died in Baghdad, Ramadi, Mosul, Fallujah, Tikrit, Afghanistan. Tell that to the guys that are living their lives without their limbs, their legs, their arms. Tell Tell that to the guys that are suffering from PTSD from the multiple tours they served. Tell that to the guys that came back totally disfigured, looking nothing like what they left looking like. That was a mistake. Oops. Oopsie. Oopsie daisy. Sorry you lost your kids. I made a mistake. Unbelievable. And then after we, these guys fight, bleed, and die, and then what happens? Then we give the city to ISIS. Steve Scheibner is with us. You were scheduled on September 10th, 2001. You were going to be the American Airlines Flight 11 pilot. And then at a last-minute 
substitution took place, which, by the way, happens to be very rare, as I understand it. Is that true? Yeah, that's correct, Sean. It is very rare. Yeah. Did you ever have survivor's guilt? Uh, you know, you have a twinge of guilt right at first, but I, I think I think guilt is most associated with some form of manipulation. No, I, I, I wouldn't I, think it, you should, I, I, but I right. would understand it if you did. I mean, I know people go through that, and I know it's fairly common, actually, but I was only asking because I hope you don't, because... You know what? I don't I, really. It's it's misplaced in this situation. I, it was a circumstance outside my control, so no, I don't feel guilty. Yeah, um, but you, it certainly does give you a, a sense, I'm sure, of how precarious our lives really do hang in the balance, right? No, oh, absolutely. I don't get too upset about missing something or getting stuck in traffic anymore because God's got a bigger picture than I do, for sure. Yeah, it, so it did change your life. It did change your life perspective. It did change you as a person. Yes, absolutely. How could it yeah. not, right? You know, it's funny because there's a girl on my TV staff that has recently been going through chemotherapy and radiation. And I remember I brought her into my office the day that she was, you know, not long after she was diagnosed. And I'm not going to tell the whole story. I said, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You'll never be the same person again. The people that I know that have been through the biggest challenges are the people I tend to admire most. They're usually the most thoughtful, the most appreciative. They have a sense of humility that the rest of us don't seem to have. And I kind of admire them. And I said, you're going to be stronger and more courageous at the end of this. I saw her last night, and she's like on her last treatment. I said, I was right, wasn't I? And she goes, yeah. Now, she was only stage one, but you know, that doesn't matter. You're, you hear the word cancer. I heard once heard Don Imus describe it as like his knees buckled when he heard it. That's what right. it, it cripples you. But yep. she's, uh, she's a great kid, and I love her dearly, and I'm so happy that she's, uh, she is a different person, and I admire her. So I admire you. I mean, this has changed your life. Um, did you know the pilots? Uh, you know, I'm a co-pilot at American. I was at least in, on 9-11. And I knew the captains better uh, than the co-pilots because you, you don't work with those guys. I had met Tom McGinnis once or twice. I know much more of his story now. I, I tell his story about 100 times a year. So I feel like, you know, after his death, I got to know him much better. Yeah. What did you learn? Well, he was a man of faith. Um, he loved the Lord, and uh, and Tom had a, he was a great family man, Top Gun trained pilot, really a terrific fella in his community. Um, his here's a neat part of the story: Tom's son, Tom Jr., who was about 13 years old on 9/11, actually followed in his dad's footsteps. And when American Airlines started hiring pilots again a couple of years ago for the first time, the first pilot they hired back was Tom McGinnis Jr. I just think that's a great part of the story. Wow, I didn't know that. That's a, that is yeah. a great part of the story, and, and his son wanted to be a pilot, too. You know, I will tell you this. This is the saddest part of this anniversary, and I wish what I'm about to say I would never say would never come out of my mouth, but I'm going to say it. We didn't learn a damn thing. We're now back to where we were, and we're as vulnerable as we were on September 10, 2001, in my opinion, and that yeah, really frustrates me. In some ways, Sean, we, we might be even worse off. Yep. Here's a quote that you'll love. I caught a speech a, a lot of years ago by Margaret Thatcher. Mm -hmm. She said this. She said the greatest lesson of the 20th century was this, never appease an aggressor. She said an aggressor asks three questions. Does my enemy have the weapons to defeat me? Can they put them in place quickly enough to defeat me? And most importantly, do they have the resolve to use them against me? And the answer in 2016 is yes to the first two, but we have an administration and a leader who refuses to exercise the resolve to use what we have at our disposable disposal to put an end 
mm-hmm. to radical Islam, and it drives me up a wall. Me too. Drives me nuts. I, I, I live, eat, breathe, and sleep this, and it drives me insane. But anyway, God bless you. I'm glad that uh, God was clearly looking out for you that day, and uh, I know that you you have a deep appreciation for the life we have that is precarious. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this program. Uh, I hope you'll watch this weekend. I'm sure that a lot of networks are going to rerun in real time or later that night or specials. Pay attention. Pay attention. And then ask yourself, are we vulnerable today? Hey, if you want a firearm that is easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes, and then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere, and it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns, and you can pick one up for three to 400 bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's henryusa.com. Free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Born on America's darkest day, 9-11-01, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping American heroes ever since. And when a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young kids are left behind, well, Tunnel to Towers, they pay the mortgage on the family home off to lift that financial burden. Now, for catastrophically injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds, well, mortgage-free smart homes. That enables severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently And through the Foundation's Homeless Vets Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless vets. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. And people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, they need your help more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate 11 bucks a month. Go to their website. It's the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number 2, the letter T.org. Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that can be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. 